It's awesome to have you here tonight. If you don't know who I am, my name is Tim Gillio. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. I get the opportunity of working with Connections Ministry a ton, uh, but I get the opportunity to share tonight, which I am, I'll say stoked. Can I say that? I'm stoked about what we're going to talk about tonight. It's something that has been a, a massive part of my life. Have you guys ever gotten an opportunity to share something that's just made a huge impact in your life with somebody else? Have you ever had that opportunity? And just how you get so excited, right? Like, man, I'm excited tonight to share with you. If you're joining us online, I'm also so excited that you get the opportunity to join in with us. Getting ready for tonight, I got to dive into a verse that I haven't looked at in a long time. And if you have your Bibles, uh, if, it, if it's on a phone, if you brought an actual, I brought, I brought an actual Bible tonight uh, for us. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and flip over to Acts chapter 2. We're going to get in there in a second. But as I've lived my life, I can honestly say that there are a couple major things that have been in my life that I would say are the reason that I'm here tonight. The reason that I know who God is, that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Uh, and one of those things is the idea of who I'm hanging out with. And I've had the opportunity to share this over the last couple of weeks uh, here, that I, I very purposefully chose to surround myself with people that we're going a direction I wanted to go. Uh, there's, there's a quote, and I tried to look up who first said it, and I couldn't quite find it, but, it's, but the, the quote goes like this. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. And I think, I think this is so true for us, that if we look at who are, who's around us, we can figure out really easily which direction we're going to tend to go. I was one of the, the youth pastors here for a long time. I got to work with uh, junior high, with kid, uh, res kids age, junior high, high school, and I got to see how friendships played themselves out inside of individuals. And now my wife, uh, Rachel, and I, she's an amazing woman, uh, we get the opportunity to work with marriages uh, for our married life ministry uh, here at Res Life. And I can tell you that it's true in marriage too. The, the people that we surround ourselves determine the direction we're going to go, the direction our marriages are going to go, the direction uh, our careers are going to go, all because of the people that we surround ourselves with. So in Acts chapter 2, the setting here is the early church, right? Jesus has just recently just like we just celebrated Easter, in this story, Jesus just recently died on the cross. He rose again. He appeared to several of his disciples, and then he ascended into heaven. And then we find this moment happening. And this moment that's happening uh, describes how the early church came together in their fellowship. I think of in their, in their family, they began to see what family looked like inside of the church. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, and they, that's the church, that's the early believers, they were continually, everyone say continually. And then it says continually devoting. And I read that and I said, isn't that the same thing pretty much? 
continually. That means to do it over and over again. Devoting, that means to do it over and over again in my mind. And what I realized is that God is putting a big emphasis on this, right? God's saying that they not only devoted, they continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. If you look at that word devoting, uh, it's the Greek word proskartario, really fancy. And it, it's this idea of a continually steadfast putting your energy towards and tending something. Does anyone in here like to garden? I don't raise my hand. I'm not a huge gardener. For all of you that like to garden, one thing you'll realize is you don't just plant the seed in the garden and then walk away right? You continually devote yourself to tending that garden so that what you've invested into doesn't die but continues to flourish. If you put seed in the ground and walk away, uh, it's most likely that that plant will either die before it starts to grow. It will get choked out by weeds that are growing up around it or some other animal may eat it. My uncle, or I should say my wife's uncle, is a farmer up in Ithaca, and they have deer. And you think of a deer and think a deer's not going to do that much damage to a plant, right? But when you tend to think of that, you think of a full-grown plant. You don't think of a bean plant that's this big and how a deer will walk through and eat 600 of them while crossing a field. And one deer can destroy a lot of work that my wife's uncle has done. Well, the same thing's true in our relationships or our idea of community that we have to, as this verse said, we have to continually devote ourselves to this idea. Proscartaria. We have to be fully invested. We have to be focused on. We have to be attuned to what's going on in the the lives of the people around us and uh, where they're tending to go towards because then we'll tend to go towards the same direction. So pretty, pretty simple concept, right? The other word in there that's really interesting is this word fellowship. Everyone say koinonia. It's kind of a tongue twister. Koinonia. It's this idea of super intentional, uh, super open, super genuine relationships and friendships with the people around you. And one thing I've realized in my life is that oftentimes friendships tend to stay surface level. They don't tend to go anything past the surface. And what God is pointing out in this context for the early church is that this group of people were not only very intentional about being devoted to these things, including fellowship, they were, they were very purposeful about what type of fellowship they had. See, in the Western culture, we, we tend to live uh, very separate lives, right? I go home, I open up my garage door, I pull my car in, I close my garage door, I get out of my car, and I go sit on the back deck where no one can see me. That tends to be how we like to, to live these days. Very much like, like get away from me. Uh, we just went through a season of COVID. Don't know if any of you guys noticed. We went through this thing called COVID. And uh, during COVID, one of the things that uh, was encouraged is this idea of getting away, distancing. And uh, that's good in a physical sense, but then we also lost something emotionally, didn't we? 
We took a toll emotionally as, as a community because we lost our friendships. And uh, I've been loving the fact that recently I've gotten reconnected with several people that I haven't seen in a long time. And I got to experience deep community. And, and what God is saying in this instance is there's so much value. There's so much that can be gained if we will say, I'm going to be intentional about the people that I surround myself with. So how this has played out in my life, uh, I did not grow up in a church. I went to church very few times when I was really young, but I had a, a really good friend named Patrick. And Patrick was my guy that kept asking me if I'd be interested in coming to church. And the amazing thing is this is the church he came to. Uh, and Patrick would ask me over and 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 over again, Tim, you want to go to church? Tim, you want to go to church? How many of you guys have ever had excuses for everything? I had an excuse. I could write a book on the amount of excuses that I had on reasons to not go to church. Like, I'm tired. My left shoe won't tie right. I don't know. Uh, I'm playing basketball. I've got too much homework. I've got not enough homework. You know, I would come up with every reason in the book of why not to go to church. And then eventually one day with kind of some crazy stuff going on in my life, I realized uh, that there has to be something more to life than me. Because if I'm the sole person in my life, if I'm the, the, the reason for everything, if I'm the end all, then I'm broken and that means my life isn't worth much. But then I came to know Jesus. And when I came to know Jesus, I was 16. I was down in the ground floor where the youth, the middle school and the high school are hanging out right now. I was down in that room, and I, I could tell you exactly where I was in that room. I remember the song that was being sang, and I remember the song talked about bowing down to God and laying our crowns. And I remember at that moment getting on my knees and saying, Jesus, I surrender my all to you. And from that moment, I found friends. Before that, I had people that I knew, but I really felt isolated in a lot of ways. But at that moment, I found really awesome friends. I didn't just find friends that knew who God was. I found friends that loved the Lord the way that I wanted to love the Lord. And from that moment on, I began this journey called Life with Christ, called Christianity. I learned what it meant to be a disciple, to passionately pursue Jesus. And I could tell you that there are two people in my life, one of them sitting in here named Daniel Vanderklok, Pastor Dwayne's son. You probably know him as Pastor Daniel. The other one was Patrick Konechny. And I remember those two men poured into my life and they showed me what it meant to love Jesus with everything that I have. So what happened is I found this koinonia, this deep, purposeful friendship that challenged me to grow closer to Jesus. And that's what this verse is talking about. This is what we're going to do tonight. In a second, I'm going to ask you guys to look at the people around you and just ask a question. So this is a good moment. If you're not around someone, just scooch a little closer to maybe, maybe two people or three people. And we're going to ask some questions and really dive into this idea of intentional community. This idea of being very purposed about who we surround ourselves with. 
And uh, with that, if you're joining online, we're also going to have some people up here that are going to be joining and having a conversation with you. So I'm going to invite my people to come on up to join me with that. But I'm going to read this verse one more time, and then I'm going to read a question. And then from that, we're going to go ahead and start some good conversation. So this verse said this. It said, And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. This idea of proskartario and then this idea of koinonia. So this is what I, this is what I want to do. With some people around you, uh, you could turn and wave at them and say, hey, I'm about to talk to you. Just look at the person next to you and say, we're about to have an awesome conversation about intentional fellowship and how Jesus wants to work through that. So here we go. This is the first question. It's super, pretty, pretty simple, pretty basic, but let's go at this. With a few people around you, ask each other, what are the challenges that come with intentional fellowship? What are the challenges from your perspective? What are one or two or three or 12 challenges that come with intentional fellowship? Another way you could say this is, what can make it really hard to have good friends with the people around you. And then, and then what's going to happen is in a few minutes, I'll come up here and I'll say, hey, let's bring it back in and I'll give a second. And then I'm going to talk to you guys from my perspective about some of the challenges that come with intentional fellowship. And then I got one more question for us to talk about after that, and then we'll wrap it up. Sound good? So let's go ahead with the people around you, talk about what are some of the challenges that come with intentional fellowship. All right, if you can kind of bring it back in, I know you guys are deep in some awesome conversations, but if you can kind of bring it back in for a minute. So this idea of intentional fellowship, there are a lot of things that can be challenging when you take and make a decision to say, I'm going to step into or take a step towards having intentional fellowship with the people around me. Uh, one of the things is, is uh, there's a lot of vulnerability that has to take place, right? Because we are so used to protecting ourselves. Let's say, let's say we're, we have a friend and somehow that friend hurts us when we're younger. What we do is we tend to build up walls. And when we build up walls with these people, we say, hey, I'm not going to let that happen again. How many of you guys have ever heard somebody say, I'm not going to let that happen again? Maybe not. Maybe you said it in your head or out loud, like, I'm not going to let that happen again because that hurt. And that's real. So we got to realize, first of all, that we're living in a broken and fallen world, and the people around us aren't perfect. We're not perfect. We're all trying to, trying to grow towards who Christ is and, and be more like Christ. But there's a lot of vulnerability that happens when we take that step in towards and towards intentional, intentional, it's a tongue twister, intentional fellowship. There's a lot of vulnerability. And in a lot of ways, you're giving that person, as you step closer to a person, this is true with your spouse, this is true with good friends, this could be true with coworkers, as you begin to become more intentional with them and build that relationship deeper, you're almost opening up, there's more of an ability for hurt there. And that's, that's not a bad thing. That's just a reality that as we're 
uh, as we grow in our, our friendships with people, there's, there's more of a vulnerability there. And we have to be careful. So, so we have to be careful about the, the fact that we could get hurt. We have to be able to trust. Trust has to be involved in that friendship. You have to be able to trust them. I'm sure all of us could pick someone from our past that we chose to trust, and that trust led to hurt in our life. But we still have to not shut ourselves down to that. We have to say, you want to know what? That was not something that was intended. I'm still going to choose to chase after this idea of intentional fellowship. Uh, there's time. We talked about the time commitment with the online community and how sometimes it's just really hard to find the time. Is there anyone in here that's busy right now in life? Yeah, I think a lot of us would be like, yeah, that's me, you know, busy. I feel like I'm trying to, trying to tackle too many things as it is. And it takes time to invest into those. There's two verses that I really love that I want to I mention before we dive into this next question. One of them is 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Bad company corrupts good morals. It's this idea of hanging out with somebody that's going in a direction you don't want to go to. You're going to tend to go towards that direction as well. Uh, uh, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. It's this idea, again, of the people that we are surrounding ourselves with is super important. Is super important. So this is, this is the next question. How many of you guys, there, there's Paul in the Bible, and then there's Timothy. Paul, who was Saul, name changed to Paul, and then Timothy. Paul took Timothy under his wing, right? Paul saw in Timothy leadership, and Timothy was really young, and Paul was a little older, and uh, Paul took Timothy under his wing and said, hey, let me help you. Let me be intentional with helping you grow. And the next, the, the idea is we need to have somebody that's helping us grow, and we need to be helping someone else grow, right? That's intentional fellowship. Who's the person that you look to to say they're challenging me, and then who's the person that's looking towards you saying I'm challenging them? So we're going to dive into this next question, and uh, my, my disclaimer for this next question is this looks different for all of us. So just, just point at yourself and say this looks different for me, and then point at the person next to you and say then it does for you. This looks different for me than it does for all of us, but this is what it is. What does healthy community look like for you? What does healthy community, for you, from your perspective, with where you're at, what does healthy community look like? What are a few characteristics of it? Describe that with the people around you and, and see what you may be similar or maybe different, and we'll go from there. In a few minutes, I'll be back. Go ahead and talk about what does healthy community look like for you. All right, all right, all right. If you want to go ahead and bring it back in real quick. Whew. Look at you guys doing intentional community. This is awesome. I love it. Here, here's one thing I've realized over the years. And I said this, and I was very purposed in saying this, is intentional community for each and every one of us, whether you're online or you're here, Intentional community looks different, and that's, that's okay, and that's beautiful in how God is, that he created 
each of us different. And each of us have a different thing that we would describe and different uh, attributes or characteristics that we're looking for in healthy community. So I think it's cool for us to just take a minute and stop and say, whoa, what does healthy community look like for me? Uh, One of the things I think about with healthy community is it has to be open and it has to be truthful and being willing to be vulnerable because you can't have a deep, close friendship with someone that's being fake, right? You can't. Because it's just, it's off and it just doesn't work. And that's an encouragement for us to make sure that we're being genuine. It doesn't mean that you're just going and spilling it all to everybody. But it means there's people in my life that I'm very open and genuine with. That know it all. That I can go to when stuff's going on. That I can call. We're talking about the 2 o'clock in the morning friend. Who's the person that you could call at 2 a.m.? And a lot of times that takes being the person that's available at 2 a.m. to call, right? So many times we could go, I don't have any friends, but that's maybe because we're not being super friendly in, our, in and of ourselves. So there has to be some availability and time commitment and genuineness. Um, and then one of the things I think that's super important is having people that are around you that are individually and you're collectively pursuing the Lord right? You desire to be more like Jesus. I think that's one of the beautiful things about Jesus and his disciples is it's, it's a group. Jesus didn't send them out one by one. He said, no, hey, here's your family. Here's your koinonia. Here's your friendship. Now be devoted to it. And then they together ran after the Lord with everything they had. Man, I wish I could go deeper. But the biggest thing is this. Let's be purposefully devoted to intentional fellowship and grow closer to Jesus and who he is. Does that sound good? That sound good? Can you guys do me a favor? Can you close your eyes and bow your heads? I don't want to let an opportunity slip by, whether you're in-house or you're joining us online. This is an awesome conversation to be able to have, but I don't want to let an opportunity slip by that if you have not asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity today to say, Jesus, I choose you. Jesus went to the cross, and it said that he looked past the cross for the joy set before him, and that joy is you. And I want you to have that opportunity today to choose Jesus. So I'm going to count to three, and if you're here, you're online. If you're online, you could type, that's me, or, or yes. You could text ResyF to 94,000 when I say this. But if you're in house, when I count to three, just raise your hand and say, that's me. Today, I choose Jesus. So every head bowed, every eye closed. One, two, three. Raise up your hand if that's you. Yep, hands going up. Hand up. Yep, hand, hand. Come on. The heavens are rejoicing. Come on. This is what what I'm going to do. Can you put your hands down real quick? And I'm going to say a prayer. And I want you to repeat me if you're in house, also online. Just say, Jesus, today I choose you. I'll leave my old life behind. And take hold of my life in you, Jesus. I ask for the forgiveness of my mistakes, of my sin. And I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Come on, can you guys give my hands? Woo! Come on.